Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. I feel exposed. Okay. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. I am Keisha, and I am joined by my girls, uh, Dr. Rene, Dr. Greta. If you just go ahead and greet the people real quick. Hey, what's good, people? Hello, hello, what's going on? So, you guys, we told y'all that sometimes we just going to pop in on the it topic, on the hot topic, the things that are blowing up all over the blogs, and we want to add in our flair of the righteous, ratchet, and real to the conversation. And so this, you know, is one of those topics that we were like, we can't miss out on. We have to get in here and offer our opinion on. And so it is the NC double a championship for the women y'all we, we we bless it the men won you know angel reese's cousin was on the team for uconn but it did not garner as much discussion as the women's win because it is so many different levels to this and so we don't want to stay in just the fray of the conversation we want to be able to kind of dig in on some different aspects and how it relates especially when it comes to massage noir because we're talking about a black women's team who people were not expecting to even get here Mm -hmm. so for them to get here and not just be full out you know celebration is a whole other issue that we want to talk about so first up we want to talk about the name calling aspect of it So I ended up in an interesting conversation around, um, you know, this topic because there was somebody who watches the games, the black man. And so he was saying, well, I need proof of the name calling. Who's been saying all of these things? And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Are we calling Angel Reese a liar or where are we coming from with this? And so he was saying that he's been following the game and, you know, the team has been celebrated in the media the whole way through. And I was like, okay. And then he tried to minimize it and say that basically the people who were name calling were trolls or hagglers. And that's just part of the game. Hmm. No. So I said, okay, don't get my fingers to Googling because I'm a Google and I'm going to find. 
the resources that are necessary. So I just want to start with that whole name calling that the team has gotten, especially um, Angel Reese, you know, the Bayou Barbie, as she calls herself, you know, has gotten a lot of flag from people. She has been called um, ghetto and especially when it came to the win and her doing the, you can't see me and you know, the ring, you know, it, it, it got a whole lot of people. And I saw specifically a white female reporter call her classless. Mm. And mm. so that type of name calling and attitudes have been, thrown at black women consistently. So we always have had to play the role of being quiet because if we're loud, then we're ghetto. We can't actually push back on narratives that other people say about us. Otherwise we're too forceful. We're aggressive. We're, we have an attitude. Mm -hmm. And so this to me just feels very much like what we've seen throughout the years heralded at black women. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just another example. So come on, co-hosts, just jump in. What are your thoughts about the name calling in general? For me, it's it plays into the whole narrative of do as I say and not as I do. Stay in your place. <clears throat> What's good for me doesn't work for you. Um, because we know that Caitlin, whatever her name, Clark or what, whatever her name is. Yeah, Caitlin Clark. Um, she she did it right, and she, it, she was competitive. She was uh, being athletic, or she was, you know, whatever the case, when whatever the adverbs were that they used for her, is that right? Adjectives. Um, but then when we see a sister do it, it's classless, it's hood, it's ghetto, and it was the exact same thing. She didn't do anything different. She did the same thing Caitlyn did, but she was demonized for it, whereas Caitlyn was celebrated and heralded as a sports figure or an athlete. I just feel like all of this policing of Black women's bodies and existence is exhausting. Mm. It's right like there. we can't even win. We can't even be at the top of our game. We can't even be at the, be at the top of our field without somebody trying to dim our shine without uh, them demanding humility and demanding this. Y'all don't talk to these mediocre white men doing, you know, doing these things that way. Y'all don't talk to them. Like, leave us alone. Like, what? Right. It's, and, it's, I, and I just say the whole mediocre white man thing, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> because them the only ones that can show up, do absolutely nothing. We run circles around them and they get promoted. Right. Yeah. The bare minimum. <laughs> and then, you know, and they're celebrated. Come on now. Come right. on. And and not that mediocre men should be the standard. Not that that should be the standard. But my point is that it is exhausting. Yes. We give and we give and we give and we give. And it is never enough. When do we get to celebrate out loud? When do we get to talk our ish and, and people not say something about it? Like, come right. on. Come right. on. On it, de quote unquote decency is only demanded from us. Yeah, only yep. ever. Period. Time. Yep. I'm, I'm I'm sick of y'all. You make habit. <laughs> I heard the Oakland come out when you said, "Come on, <laughs> come on." I'm saying though, for real. That's is listen, listen. <laughs> I, 
I think it's interesting, and I just want to note when we talk about the bare minimum, Caitlin Clark did acknowledge that it was not just her mm-hmm. and it was not just Angel Reese who, right. you know, showed up and had, you know, all that energy around the game. Like, that's not just them. It is other people. And, you know, we want to herald and celebrate her, but Dr. Tamara Lomax said, okay, let's not get too loud with hyping her up. Yeah. That was the bare minimum, like, you know, to acknowledge the fact that there is a discrepancy. But I do appreciate that she was very frank and she used her platform when they asked her how she mm-hmm. felt. Because I feel like reporters were looking for white woman tears. Mm-hmm. They were looking for her to be like, I was so hurt. <laughs> that she would do that to me. Mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she didn't lean into the white woman tears that, you know, are so often weaponized, but instead right. used her platform to, you know, acknowledge the fact that this is the game and it was not just them. And this, the, the other aspect is that in men's teams, mm-hmm. they're allowed to do all this mm-hmm. bravado and show calling and nobody would actually, you know, really check up on it. There are a couple right. players that people just don't like in the men's side that mm-hmm. they, you know, they will just, you know, point out. But, you know, and this kind of goes back to even a conversation around um when the NFL tried to stop the get stop, you know, the celebration of touchdowns. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I felt like again, that was a direct hit at us and mm-hmm. our and how we handled the situation. Absolutely. But they had to go ahead and let that thing back in because it was part of the excitement of the game. Right. Right. And so I feel like again, this is always a suppression, like. You can't be you how you want to be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can only be you on our terms. <laughs> Shakari Richardson, right? Mm, yeah. Come on, yeah. Come on. You know, we already know you can't be you uh, on your terms. You got to be on our terms. You got to do it the way we say you can do it. Mm. Right. Right. Enough. And, you know, to compare her to Flojo, because that was kind of like one of the arguments that we, you know, had too, is that comparing her to Flojo, she was no different. Like Flojo was definitely very flashy, but the difference is, is if you are white approved or not. Mm -hmm. And if you're white approved, okay, we can handle you. But if you are not white approved, then you need to tone it down. You're a little too loud with it, you know. And so I think that we we have that tension that we're always facing and showing up. And it's something we've talked about before on the podcast. And it's understanding even why our grandparents were the way that they were. Like this whole decency and order, but just that doing that to, to be accepted in white spaces for white spaces to see us and so we end up just performing for them well even if you think about michael jordan and and no shade to him at all great player all that stuff but if you listen to the stories especially of him on you know in a court in the locker room they say he was one of the meanest and rudest dudes to Mm -hmm. ever do it but he got a pass because one i for being a man and then, too, you know, you got this whole thing about, well, he ain't really black. And so that whole idea of being able to transcend blackness and be accepted in white spaces, but you get that pass. 
um, that's not afforded to women. Mm-hmm. We don't see that. Even if you look at Beyonce, she, yes, she is both, you know, kind of in both worlds, but she still doesn't get that pass. Like, uh, what's a white artist that would be, there really is none. But, you know, Michael Jackson, he did that whole transcend blackness thing. Uh, Prince on some levels, even though we know he was a brother for real. But, uh, you know, you just, men are afforded certain certain things that women just are not. Yes. Mm-hmm. Serena comes to mind when having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Even her protest mm-hmm. when you know, she would have, y'all remember John McEnroe? Mm-hmm. Come on through. Terrorize the umps, right? And his yep, that's would terrorize them and just be hollering at them and calling them everything but a child of God. Yes. Right? Even yes. when he was wrong, like sometimes he was right, but when he was wrong, especially, you know? And yep. so you see Serena not even giving a, a quarter of the heat that John McEnroe gave. And all of a sudden she's aggressive. She's she's controlling, she's trying to terrorize the Please, <laughs> please, please. They gave her no space. None whatsoever. And, and she's the greatest to ever do it. And McEnroe would even say that she was the greatest to ever do it. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's just, oh, I'm just exhausted, right. y'all. I'm tired. I was tired. Right. And, and that's the thing, right? That even white women do not protect us. So that is one reason why I'm actually glad that Clayton Clark came up because often white women do not protect us. They throw us under the bus. I thought about as in, in lifting up Serena, uh, Navratilova was outright mean and disgusting in the way that she spoke about Serena Williams and her critique of her. So oftentimes white women will throw us under the bus too, and they'll accept their praises, <laughs> even though they can acknowledge that, you know, we were better. What, what's her name? It's not um, Steffi Graf. What is uh, the white girl's name that was supposed to be like the, um, the heir apparent? I cannot think of her name, but uh-uh. how she handled the situation with uh, Serena Williams. Like they're, I mean, they really were like, you guys are in competition. And she had to say, it's not much of a competition. Darn right. <laughs> because right. to her all the time. It's not a competition. So, you know, it's just the ways that they, they, they do this to us and, one thing I appreciate about the time that we live in is that it has created an afforded space for us to be loud in support of Black women. So whether it's podcasts, whether it's social media, because social media was really one of the places where this first started to pop off, where they did the comparison of how they spoke about Caitlin Clark versus how they spoke about um, Angel Reese. And so that was kind of what got the conversation going. Now we want to move forward a little bit in this conversation. So the LSU team, the day of the championship, Jill Biden is there. And they Jill Biden wanted to visit both teams. And so LSU outright says, now nah, we good on that. And so their history and their thought behind that is, y'all didn't even think we were going to be here. Like Jill 
<laughs> Jill, I'm sure, didn't have a bracket, but Joe did. And so Joe's bracket had them not making it out to this point. So they were like, you slept on us. We don't need you right now. Right. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think that they were rude? Was that disrespectful? <laughs> Should they have just gone along with what is tradition? I mean, I don't... Mm. So traditions are meant to be bucked from time to time. If you have, I feel like if you have good reason, um, maybe that could be perceived as petty or what have you. Um, I don't know. I mean, and, and what is she coming to do anyway? Mm -hmm. That's, you know, I mean, is that a distraction to their warm up time? I don't know. So I, I really, I'm not, I, I really don't have much of an opinion about that. I have an opinion, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What about you, Greta? We're not talking about the White House part right now, right? No. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. My guns are loaded for that. So my, I, I, I think I even missed the question. Can you repeat the question? Because I'm ready to go in on that one. Right, I'm sorry. So repeat the question. So the question was that before we get to the White House part, uh, Jill wanted to go and visit both teams. She wanted to visit LSU in their locker room and she wanted to visit uh, Iowa in their locker room. And so LSU refused because Joe didn't even have them making it to that point. Do you think it was rude of them to not allow her to come back? Was that okay? Oh, I, 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 let, me, let me jump in again. Okay, so, so now that you've said the question again, um, I am all about not holding the husband, uh, the, the wife accountable for the, the moves of the husband. I mean, if she didn't have a bracket, then, you know, then I, I will hold her less blameless on that part. Okay. But get at me at the White House part because that's a whole different thing. <laughs> We're ready for that White House part. Um, so I didn't, I hadn't even heard about this part, to be honest, in all honesty. So my initial reaction is, um, I, I see both sides. I, I think her wanting to visit both teams in their locker room, I, I think that would have been fine. Um, but I feel Miss Reese in a sense of you ain't even you ain't even checking for us like that. And, I, you know, you didn't. so I get that from a competitive edge. I understand that. But they could have let her come to the locker room. I, I think that would have been all right. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely can understand. I was like, oh, you even snubbed the first lady <laughs> and say, we get on you, ma'am. And much to Ronnie's point, it was Joe. And ultimately, everybody gets to pick their bracket, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get to pick your winners. And there have been plenty of upsets along the way that people, you know, slept on folks. And let's be clear. The way that the sports world was, they were definitely, and Kayla Clark is a beast, but mm -hmm. they definitely had her as a favorite child, you know, mm -hmm. to get to the win. And obviously they made it to the final. They just couldn't steal the deal. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand sleeping on people, you know, and mm -hmm. we're talking about a, a black school. You know, we're not talking about necessarily people who were being checked for in the in the in the game. But I will say this. They have all right to do 
it how they want to do it. Right. They, they do right. not have to adhere to anybody's traditions, right. anybody's norms, anybody's thoughts of what they should do. They have the right to decide for us. We good. And even if that's just because that bravado helped them to go out on the court and go that much harder, like, you know, they have full right to do that. And so I kind of really just wanted to put that in the conversation because oftentimes white spaces look for reasons and excuses as to what we could have done differently to, you know, produce a different outcome. And so that leads us into good old Jill. Hmm. <laughs> well, hold on, before you get to that, because now that I'm thinking, it's like, so what we're about to discuss now was Jill's in, you know, saying, well, I want the other team to come too." was that because she had been snubbed by LSU. Right. And so I, I didn't know about the whole beforehand thing, but now I'm like, oh, so Jill trying to be salty and petty. That's what <laughs> that, it looked like now to me. That's how I'm reading it. Uh -huh, and yeah. here's why I put this in the conversation right. the way that I did, because I was like, hmm. so is this why you felt like hmm. Iowa embraced you? And so therefore you were like, well, I'm going to go ahead hmm. and, you know, celebrate the people who embraced me. You what? Know? <laughs> well, so, Lisa, I didn't, hold on, you messing me up now because I didn't know about that first part. So now I'm even more pissed. What? Well, right. There's also the political aspect of it too. Are we okay. going to get there? Am I going to let Keisha? Well, were you planning to go there? I was not. But come on, go ahead. Because Caitlin um, hmm. is playing for Iowa. Iowa is a red state, and and the Iowa crowd hmm. they are supporters of that other clown. Right. Hmm. Oh, they might not have even gone to a Biden wow. White House to start with. Okay. If they had won. Wow. Because remember, some teams have like, you know, we're going to talk about later. Some teams have refused to go yeah. during 45's administration. So, so they may not have gone anyway. And wow. so Kevin Clark saying, oh, well, you know, that's, that's let them have that celebration. You know, I wouldn't even go anyway. Might've been a political play right there. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know who that, how that girl voted. I don't know whatever, but I do mm. know Iowa is a red state. I do know that a lot of the supporters, a lot of the fans, a lot of the alumni was all about that other clown. So mm. yeah. that, and, and, and we can leave that there if y'all want. But that also wow. deepens the conversation though, because yeah. I have not thought about that line because let's talk about, because the white reporter I saw, I was pretty sure she was a, a Fox newscaster. Mm. Why they would pick up on the language of calling her classless. Why yeah. they would do this very denigrating reporting of LSU and them, you know, and their actions because they're like, oh, this is the, you know, the, the, the opposite of the narrative that we like to, to place on, you know, other people. So the, the you know, this goes, to, goes over intersectionality, right? right? The whole idea of how, you know, class, gender, mm -hmm. and race, all, and sociopolitical leanings all end up crossing over each other mm -hmm. in the conversation because I'm like, 
oh, this is why she became, you know, the topic that would need to. And this even goes back to Rihanna's performance at the mm. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way the 45 came after her. I said this mm-hmm. had on a jumpsuit and you said <laughs> that was the most <laughs> from the neck up, the neck down, rather. Right, but it was still too much sexuality, it was still too much of everything. And it and so again, when I see it, when it is a black woman who bucks against your ideas and your mm-hmm. norms, then what you do is you tear them down mm-hmm. and you use tropes and insults in order to do that. Mm. Speak on it, Keisha. Speak <laughs> on it. So y'all, Jill. Let me sit up. Now, let me start by saying that we often give the Bidens the pass because, you know, Black folks love to give a pass to the cookout, right? And Joe being Obama's, you know, right-hand man and him wearing the cool sunglasses, we often give him a pass to the cookout. Y'all, one thing I have learned over the years, you better you better hold on to your passes because being white often means that I shouldn't even say being white alone. When you are the person who is in a place of privilege, the best you can do is be a recovering racist, a recovering uh uh patriarchy, you know, like recovering from patriarchy when you're a man, you know, because you are the one who has always been in the place of privilege. And so you act from a place of your privilege. And sometimes it may not be that you are necessarily an overt racist, but you can very easily end up falling into racist ideas and how you govern yourself. So That being said, we had given them a pass to the cookout and then their whiteness showed up. Well, Jill's whiteness, because Joe Joe could say, well, I didn't say this. It was Jill. Mm. But Jill's whiteness showed up. And had we not critiqued them the way they would, Joe's might have showed up, too. Let's be real and let's be honest. But Jill decided that she was going to change the precedent of who gets invited to the White House. It has been traditionally, I saw Shannon Sharp even covered, look, she's getting her mic ready. She's ready to <laughs> She ready. Let Shannon it Sharp even covered the history of the, in, the White House invite and when it started. But it has always been the champion and the champions alone. Bless you for round two, people. We're glad you got here. We will clap it up for you on the court. But the invite only goes to the winner. So Jill then opened up her mouth and said, I think I want to invite Iowa too. Come on. Sit down, Jill. I'm about to ask you. Ain't nobody come see you, Jill. Oldest. Ain't nobody coming to you. I'm sorry. It's bubbling out. Okay, since you brought up Undisputed, I got to jump on in here. Since you brought up Undisputed, because I love that show, Skip Bayless, and I had to write the quote down. He said, 
when she did the invite, you just shouted out your true colors and they're white. Skip said it. Skip said, Skip said it. Let's let, let's be clear. Skip, Skip said it. Not Shannon. Skip. Mr. Mm -hmm. Bayless. Mm -hmm. And he won line. Mm -hmm. They were white. Because no, the, the, the runner-up, there's no participation invite. It's the winner. So Jill need to sit down. We we're not we're we're not giving participation awards at the NCAA. Right. So <laughs> if that's the case, I mean, where do we stop? You know, if Jill is really, you know, where do we stop? Where where do we stop? Why is it just the second team that that you inviting? Right. Why not the final four? Why why not? Right. Yeah. The Sweet right. Sixteen. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The whole bracket. <laughs> right. Anybody we believed in, the Onion, y'all, had me cracking up because the Onion said Jill wanted to invite any woman that has ever touched a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know what inviting. What I, what I like, too, that kind of Skiff and Shannon brought up was the fact that um, it's almost an insult to Iowa or to the runner-up team to invite them because what that says is you're not even strong enough to handle the fact that you lost. And so okay. we want to invite you two to console you instead mm -hmm. of just sticking with the winner who won. Um, they were just saying it was, it's an insult to even consider that. Because what does it say about the other team? It is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's that participation that award. And, you know, them being Gen Zs, I'm like, you know, that goes back to that whole idea. Like, y'all can't just lose gracefully. Y'all got to get the participation award. You got to be acknowledged for some reason. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys feel about Jill's whiteness showing up in this way? Was it surprising? You know, you know what? Uh, what Malcolm X? Uh, said something about why why be surprised? I can't. I wish I had the, the exact quote, but why be surprised? Right? That that is already in you. I mean, are you are, are folks surprised when I show up black in my blackness? No, absolutely not. Nor should they be. I'm black all day, all, every day. Right. So, I, hey, Jill, do you be I, you? I was surprised in the sense that, as my mama would say, she would fix her lips. To even go there and say that, child, that's Miss Ann. That's Miss Ann. I, you know, I, I have never been under the illusion that they weren't who they are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, they're cool. They, you know, they, they, they get us on certain levels, but they're always. It's always going to be in the water, if you will. It's always going to be in the air. It's always going to be. That is always going to be present for them. Right. So for them to act on it or or to act in ways that demonstrate that, I, I ain't shocked. But I mean, right. for, for me, it was so left field. Like, no one invites the loser. What are you talking about? So that was my shock. I'm not surprised that she did something like that. But for it to be so out of left field, at what point do you say, oh, you lost? Well, y'all can come too. We don't, what is that? <laughs> so I'm just like, really? And you <laughs> I'm still baffled that again she will fix her lips. 
and, and, and regulate thoughts in her mind to put together, I want them to come too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what? I ain't And for me, that's the recovering racist part. Because so easily white privilege seeps out of white folks that, you know, it shouldn't surprise us. And especially if you've lived for a while in these here United States, no, if you have lived for a while in this world, period, Mm, mm. you know, I'm sad to say it, but I'm always on guard with how you are going to do something that's going to make me say, I wouldn't have thought you would have, you would have done that. Mm. And Mm -hmm. it's a lesson I think that many of us learn along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if you go to schools and work in places that, you know, Mm -hmm. have other people that, you know, white folks that you begin to trust and you're like, Mm -hmm. you're so cool. I've learned their political ideologies, you know, all the, all the, the things that you, you know, you say, okay, that makes you safe. And then somehow they made Girl, you preaching now to come on out here and you'd be like, dang it, I trusted you. Damn, 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 damn. Like, come on, Florida. Come on. Florida Evans. Have a place that we can yeah. point to with somebody who is the other that we say. We thought you were safe. We thought you were a safe place. And then you opened up your mouth. Mm-hmm. And all the. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's whiteness. It is in them. It is. And it's in us too. Right. In terms of the ways in which we have been. Our culture has been shaped and formed. Right. In this way. And then whiteness is, you know, around the. Yes. 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 Around the perimeter. You say something. Thing, Dr. Ronay, right there, because mm-hmm. I think about how the terminology, and we're not talking about amongst ourselves, even like you know, we we can jokingly say amongst ourselves, "Girl, she's so ghetto," but we don't mean it, you know, in a way that is harmful or denigrating to someone's, you know, behavior. But on the same token, when we talk about, you know, you know, they say business. Like this is inside. Right. This is us talking. This is business. It's family business. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there is the larger aspect where there are, there are, I am sure, black voices that would attribute her being Angel Reese being classless. Yeah. Would mm-hmm. Say that she's ghetto and mean it in all the full weight of it of it because she does not adhere to whiteness. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are, there are, there are people saying that, um, you know, black Twitter and the, and the black adjacent folks uh, (laughs) want, you know, there are folks that are saying, well, you know, she needs to, to watch how she talks, you know, uh, consider her future and all of this and all of that. And to some degree, you know, I understand um, the concern for her and how her career may go and how people might call these things that she's saying now into account later on and deny her opportunities. But at what point does she get to speak her truth? At what point does she get to, like I said, talk her ish at what point, you know, does she, um, so does she have to swallow it now 
And 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 tomorrow's not promised. A career in basketball is not promised. Who who even knows if that's what she wants to go to the WNBA? Who who? Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And so there are other things out here out there for her, whatever. But people keep demanding that black women be quiet when we are mistreated, when we are treated some kind of way, and we do that to ourselves as well. And it, yes. it just it just ain't even right. Yes. Your um, point to your point, it reminds me of Tabitha uh, Brown. I just saw her do an interview on the um, Success Podcast. And she said, they were basically saying, you know, her overtness with her Christianity and her relationship. Does she ever think that she needs to tone it down Mm -hmm. in order to get brands to work with her? And so she said, honestly, she said, I usually turn it up. Because if anybody would not want to work with me because of that, then I want to make sure I'm very loud. So those people who do not want to work with me do not come to me. And that's something to be said about Angel Reese and what we're saying to her. Mm-hmm. Turn turn your, turn yourself up. Be as loud as you are so people do not use you mm-hmm. for what you bring to the table, but do not appreciate you for who you are. That's right. That's good. That's good. Turn it up, says turn it up. (laughs) So before we let Jill go, child, we got to talk about the press secretary who then came and played in our face. Came and played in our face as they so often do. Now, Mm -hmm. I understand the job of PR is to spin what happens. Right. I get it. Look, y'all, we didn't all watch Shonda Rhimes do the spin. Okay. We understand what the job is of the person. But at the same time, can I just say that we also have the job of calling out bullshit when we see it? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the press secretary says the first lady loved watching the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship game alongside young student athletes and admires how far women have advanced in sports since the passing of Title IX. Her comments in Colorado were intended to applaud the historic game and all women athletes. She looks forward to celebrating the LSU Tigers on their championship win at the White House. Y'all, why they play in our face like that? If you're going to spin some, can you at least spin it well? That sucked. And when you sent me that statement, I was like, what is this? Because that... I mean, it, to me, she's she did a poor job at trying to spin something. If you maybe they need to consult Shonda Rhimes <laughs> and get care watching in the comments and and, and de scandal whatever it is. Right. But it was terrible. She did an, a terrible job. But yeah, I mean, but that is their mo, right? The mo is to say something and then try to go back and clean it up. But you still left the smell of, as you said, BS in mm-hmm. our nose. Right. So I mean, we ain't falling for that. Right. Can can we just say right there that it is okay to acknowledge that you have messed up? Right. That would have been better. okay to apologize. We accept apologies. We do. We get to say each one of us, we are not requiring perfection. Come on, y'all. We talking about the righteous, right? We talking about the fact that we understand even from a Christian faith perspective, we don't get it right all the time. Sometimes we mess the hell up. Yep. But when we do, we need to acknowledge that we messed up 
And then we need to ask for forgiveness, not spit it out and make it seem like it wasn't what it was. We know what right. it was, girl. Right. Right. And you're coming behind with this lame behind excuse. I just made it worse. Exactly. <laughs> made it worse. Because I was like, you were playing in our face. Now you're trying to gaslight us and make us feel like we don't see what we see right in front of our face. Right. So, y'all, that, that was a mess. Um, it really was, yeah. We want to just acknowledge, though, that Angel Reese is... The bomb, the way she talks about herself, we have such love and appreciation for her and how mm. she has handled herself. I saw a clip of her just saying that her all the things that people say about her, her ghetto-ness, all of that are the reason why she is who she is. That's who she brings to the basketball court. That's who she brings to, to you know, who we're celebrating as the winner all of that. And I appreciate the LSU team and these girls for how they have just said, you keep boxing us in. We're one going to show you and we're going to make sure that you know that we are good on this thing. But then to say, that's fine, Jill. We don't want to come to your White House anyway. Michelle, Auntie Michelle. That was good. Invite us to your house. We that want to good. come there because we know that you would celebrate us. You would see us and you definitely would not have invited the second team in order to. But they are paving their own ways. And I think mm -hmm. rather than talking about these young women and feeding into narratives, that we have lessons to learn from them and how they have carried themselves and who, how they are staying true to who they are and not reforming and reshaping themselves according to what is acceptable by whiteness. Mm -hmm. And instead they're calling out whiteness for what it is that they are doing to them. Um, Renee, Greta, y'all have any final thoughts? I, I have one. And I just, because you mentioned earlier about having sisters having each other's back. And I, I do want to shout Angel Reese out for the reason in terms of how she spoke to South Carolina mm. after they lost. And she said, we got y'all, basically. And I think she may have even pointed to her hand or something, but um, because they had been done dirty. The refs did them dirty in that game between uh, South Carolina and Iowa. So I love how she came up and was like, we got y'all. This mm -hmm. is for them. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, that's what I appreciated out of that. That's good. That is good. So I'm just reminded that, you know, the, the word tells us to let our lights shine, you know, before men, before mankind, uh, that what we do might glorify God in heaven. So um, just encouragement to anybody listening, you know, to let your light shine, you know, talk your ish, do your thing, work so that, you know, folks can say whatever they want, but what you've done always will stand. So that's all I got to say. Y'all, thank you for joining us for another episode. We hope that you know, even in all of our critique, that you walk away with something for your own life that will have you hold your head higher and show up to spaces that may not always welcome you and may talk about you. Please go ahead, share this with somebody, tell somebody to listen to the podcast and ensure that you are tuned in next Tuesday as we drop a new episode. Bye, y'all. Bye, everyone.